Welcome to the Forgotten to Podcast. The He's talking over This her. is your host, I'm KK, from around the way. I'm, I'm joined today by my co-hosts, Big Black. What up? And Street Talk 187. Hi. Um, and today, we're going to be going over assessments and probably a bunch of other random things. Yeah, because we, we didn't plan this We well. didn't come prepared for this at all. Uh, we showed up today, though. We did. I, I was late. I'm on After color people hour time. Half. Hour and a half. Yeah. I, I'm allowed. I get a pass. I'm black. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then we're waiting on our friend, because we actually have something to tell you guys. We're waiting on our friend. Something to tell us? Yeah. Just do it. I hate you for this. Are you pregnant? <laughs> actually, you're going to be uncle. It's what? A, no, yeah. I'm not actually pregnant. This is a joke. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't. This is a. <laughs> Why'd you fuck it up already? Right. Ooh, fifteen hundred dollar tax credit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we took that one seriously. Yeah. No. Yes, we're quick. It's a backstory. <laughs> we just talked about this on Friday, and then. <laughs> hey, we didn't want to waste any time. Man. There you go. Get we, it in oh, when you, you fit it in. You didn't even want it. You're I just like, your uh, thunder. Yeah. Oh, did I steal your thunder? I'm sorry. It wasn't even a joke for like two seconds. The reason why he did, we wanted to do this little joke uh, just to pay you back. And we went to Panera Bread last night, and Mark Montoya was there. And uh, Mark was like, hey, how you guys been? And Nate puts his arm around me and goes, we're having a child. (laughs) (laughs) Mark and I were like, we are. are. (laughs) Nobody was more surprised than Kinsley. What? (laughs) What? We are? You you didn't even want the jokes in me. I was just like, we're having a kid. No, no, we're not. We're not. Yeah. Okay, so assessments. <laughs> so what a baby is reproductive system. Slip on in here. Slip on in here. This is like Mr. Rogers. We have like people coming in. This is Shan- Shannon. 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 So you're going to be an odd. <laughs> I don't think you guys are picking the man thing. BT dubs, we're live right now, so you're good. You're good. You're good. good. It's unscripted. You're going to be a year and on now, so. Okay. Yeah. Okay. As penis individual. She is, she's, she's pregnant. See, when two people love each other or just meet in a yeah. bar. Yeah. So you get to pick a name. It's going to be a guy if it wants Let's, to be. We should get back on yeah. topic. What are we yeah. talking about? We're talking about assessments. EMS. Oh, EMS. That's what we're here for. Is that what we're here for? Yes. Yeah. Assessments. Okay. Take it away. Uh, so, uh... Wow, we are wholly unprepared for this. Yourself. Anywho, Don't bring assessments. Um, um, I'm glad we're not getting paid, honestly. Right? This is not that embarrassing. It's fun. Assessments. <laughs> so, assessments. The foundation for emergency medical care or pre-hospital care is your ability to... Assess. Uh, talk to your patient and gain intelligence on what is going on with your patient and some people either have really good assessments or really shitty assessments or somewhere in between where it's mediocre um for nate yeah <laughs> she took my vape okay i think it's told you. no okay wait what was her the question her rules. what was the question so hi when you uh when we're assessing when we're assessing don't you i need you no come on don't don't fucking chew. I might get in a few minutes okay <laughs> <laughs> the mom taking away from you. assessments assessments what are we talking about assessment assess wise what are, what are we assessing patients Nate. patients yes. where have you been I'm trying to get my feet oh my god so assessments this kid's got a nicotine problem yes hey at least i understand it 
Okay. <laughs> so, so much for being professional, right? All right. All right. So, so assessments. Uh, <laughs> so with assessments, okay, even with paramedic students, EMT students, or even brand new EMTs and brand new paramedics, a lot of people. Go ahead. Continue. Oh, I was like, are you telling me to shut up? Like zip it? Assessments. Continue. So every time, so this is our first. Uh, this is our first live episode, people. As you can tell, we are we are we are amateurs. Amateur hour as fuck. Can you hear me now? Perfect. Can you hear me now? Yes. Okay. So what I was saying before I was rudely interrupted by three people. Two. All right. Two. Two and a half. Two people. Can I talk? Yeah. Sir? Ma'am, is that okay with you? Yeah. <laughs> Attitude. All right. So, <laughs> so even with a lot of older paramedics and, and then like newer people, um, especially with that, a lot of people don't understand how important assessments truly are in patient care. Because we have everything in this ambulance, but when's the right time to use it? Right medicine at the right time. Right medicine. Right medicine at the right time. Because a lot of people want to sit here and just start doing IVs or start pushing medications without actually diving into what's wrong. Talk. Not fully understanding why we're doing it. Not fully understanding why we're doing it. Absolutely. Like, talk to your patient. Figure out, you know, ask them what's going on. If they're like, I feel like shit. Cool. Help me out. Why do you feel like shit? And then listen to everything they tell you. Yes. If they're like, hey, I feel sick. How long have you been sick for? Try to help me out. What does that mean? Fever, chills, nausea, vomiting? Or do you have chest pain? So then every answer they give you should be followed up with another question. Yep. So then that can help you dictate which kind of um, area or path you want to go down to be able to truly treat the person for the best of their interest. It should be almost like a... Like a a civilized Q&A between two people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know in, in EMT school and in paramedic school, they like harp on the whole uh, OPQRST sample history stuff. But I, over the years, I've found that just talking to people and like even they kind of, we kind of still do it now is we don't, we just like, we'll walk in and be like, hey, motherfucker, what's going on? Not, <laughs> this is not really that. We're, we're more polite than that, but it's what's usually. What's up, bitch? What's your problem, is, bitch? <laughs> uh, it's usually just. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's usually just us walking in and having a conversation with the people. And we're guided by the sample history OPQRST, but we just do it through conversation. One, it, it brings the tension down to the situation. This is a person having a kind of a nervous or anxious time so and when you walk in and and me personally i don't you know do what they tell you to do in emt school get down on one knee look the person Bro, straight in the i eyes. got arthritis dude that shit yeah, hurts I, shit's gonna creak and crack and you, you don't want that i won't be able to get off the floor but i mean <laughs> for the most part we just we just talk to people yeah and then you can, I, you probably can't tell me how many times you've heard me crouching here <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, oh. <laughs> it sounds like a fucking ninja breaking boards or Kinsley breaking an oxygen <laughs> off the wall. Hey, oh. I did make <laughs> a really nice crunch when I kicked it off. It's still probably one of the funniest stories we've had. But what's involved in, 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 in the assessment? Well, we have a thing we teach our new paramedic students, me and Nate, on a rig. Um, we call it uh, the, we're, we're going to retitle it, and I'm going to retitle it now. We're going to call it the Forgotten Guide down and dirty guide to assessments. Um, so uh, 
a lot of the things we look for when me and Nate personally come on scene is a quick baseline of everything going on. Like, we don't want to hear, like, your three-week fucking story of how, like, you came to be and then what led up to it. We want to figure out what's going on so we know if we need to shit and get or if we can stay and play. Um, sick or not sick. Sick or not sick. And that's essentially where you're trying to get to you to the first part of your assessment is, is this person going to die right now or do I have time to figure shit out, is this going to be a community medicine call or is it going to be a, uh, hey, you need bright lights and cold steel or you need that motherfucker that spent 13 years in, in college and has a great liability insurance in case it gets fucked up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and a lot of people, they don't understand the difference between sick and not sick. Yeah. You know, because like someone's like, oh, I feel sick and you have brand new, you know, EMC or Max, like they're sick. No, they're not. I mean, they might feel like crap, but there's a difference between being sick and not sick. Yeah. And to, to us as responders, what sick looks like, okay, well, an example. Uh, <laughs> Me and Nate go on this call, uh, the one on cachet with the little old lady. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, one of our responding agencies gets on scene first, and they're bringing this lady out to us. And she's, what, like 78? Yeah. And as they're walking her out, she looks like absolute shit. Pale, diaphoretic, which means sweating a lot. Um, Makeup wasn't good. Just looks like walking death. Like one foot in a grave, another on a banana peel. And we're trying to figure out what's going on with this. We get this report. Hey, she's been sick for a little bit, and she's not feeling well today, short of breath. Okay, cool. We have a baseline of what we're working with. Now, we get her in the back of the ambulance. Um, We start assessing her, and for me and Nate, our assessments are very thorough and very quick. So... At this day, not so much. <laughs> we kind of we kind of dropped the ball on this one, but we we made up ground very quickly. Um, so, what, what what's what's the first things we normally look for on scene when we arrive on scene? Well, where does your assessment begin? Um, our assessments usually begin at the curbside. So, mm-hmm. what is our what does our house and property look like? Can that give us a clue of how well this person takes care of themselves? Um, after we get to that point, when we walk through the door, what's the inside of the house look like? Is it a fucking hot mess, or is it clean and tidy? You know? I have a great example of that, actually. Um, we went on a cardiac arrest, I think, on Monday. Was that our Friday? Um, and before we even walk inside the house, I mean, like, the yard is not taken care of, and there was a mountain of cigarette butts <laughs> on the front porch. Just not even, they didn't even try to sweep about, just a freaking mountain. And of course, there's, like, the walls are all ashy on the inside of the house. I there have is, a hunch that this person smokes. There's dust Tell me you everywhere. Smoke Tell me you smoke. <laughs> um, and I, I already knew, like, okay, cool, she's going to have some kind of, like, cardiac. History. I mean, obviously, she had a heart say, why, why She's going to have, like, a cardiac history, like, respiratory, I mean, respiratory. Yeah. Um, it's 2021, don't I'm sorry. Right. But I did. Wow. She did, no. Oh, she did? She did. Yeah, but that goes upon the yeah, next thing is, that. like, you know, we talk about, it, it's going to sound like a pretty no-no word here, but we all deal in prejudice, and it's not a negative word. No. It's what we use to kind of figure out where we're going and clues that might give us insight to pathology and what's going on with the patient. And it's not a negative thing at all. You yeah. know, like, um, I could spot a meth head from a mile away. Like, yes. I know you've been smoking meth even though you told me you just have anxiety yeah. or foot pain or whatever. And it's a part of our job. Meth heads you know, have a look. They got a look. Statistically, they have a look. They got a look. <laughs> so, She's got the look. Yeah, and a lot of people think that, that they're not prejudiced at all. 
Like, that's a bunch of bullshit. Like, I guarantee every person in some ways prejudiced whatsoever, with at least something. Well, what is prejudice? Prejudice exactly. is prejudging somebody on the way they look, the way they act, before you get to know them. Mm -hmm. And if we walk up to you, and, and, and we'll just say this as more of a politically correct term for what we're talking about. If you walk up on scene, or drive up on scene, because we have an ambulance. <laughs> we're not <laughs> like say, fucking Fred Bro, I ain't walking, dude. I got back problems. If we, uh, if we drive up on scene, and you're sitting on a wall, and you're in tripod position, and, you know, we can see you in visible distress, it's not like, hey, I wonder what's going on with this guy. It's, oh, Just shit, like this motherfucker can't breathe, right? So you, you fit your assessment by what you see pulling up the curb. Your curb assessment is an important factor mm -hmm. uh, when walking inside and making contact with your patient okay are they aggressive are they agitated are they uh, non-responsive and that can all be done by walking in going hey what's going on okay did they respond to you quickly did they are not you respond dead quickly do they have a needle in their arm <laughs> are they talking gibberish like you know, one plus one equals purple pancakes on a dragon. Yep. Okay, this motherfucker's altered, you know? <clears throat> um, after that assessment part, initial assessment part, then we gotta start dealing with, uh, you know. How that taste? What, purple pancakes? Yeah, purple, pan color. purple pancakes on a purple dragon. Yeah, it's, it's food coloring, and dragons taste awesome. Do they? Yeah. Like, how'd you learn that out from Skyrim? No. You Peter, Piper yes. Peter Piper picked up Peppa Pepper's Bars. <laughs> so you walk <laughs> in, and uh, and what and what we like to do is get that initial quick set of vitals. So we don't just stand there and talk to our patient for like five minutes and like not do anything. We put the monitor down. We get the BP cuff on. We get the pulse socks on. We get a baseline EKG depending on the complaint, and then we start maneuvering our way through. Uh, uh, getting an an, uh, uh, an initial um, intelligence on what's going on with this patient. Uh, if it's a chest pain patient, we're gonna definitely, we're not gonna just stop with a fucking four lead. Like a four lead, in my opinion, is some very basic ass shit. And if you're gonna take the time to put a four lead on, you might as well fucking do a 12 lead. It well, takes 30 extra seconds. You can't diagnose from a four lead. No, you can't. Okay, I mean, like I said, I'm not a paramedic. I will gladly not, I will not pretend to be a paramedic. <laughs> I went to P school. I went through the whole cardiology. I learned my words. Okay, you can't diagnose from a four lead. There's so many more different angles. I don't care about axis deviation. It's like taking a thumbnail and plug it in your toe. Not a thumbnail, but a thumbnail pick. Yeah. And and saying, oh, I know everything about this picture. Yeah. Instead of, it's the same thing as like just a snapshot versus a full motion picture. Yeah. It's like the Android's the twelve lead, the iPhone's the four lead. Yes. Yes. iPhones suck. Suck. Okay, you yeah. and your. Civil War era photography. Okay, thank Civil you. Civil War era? Well, then I guess this is like Fred Flynn. Is this a rock? <laughs> Anywho. Any whore. So, getting a thorough initial quick assessment, finding out what's going on with your patient. All right. Then we come to the part where we need to figure out is this going to turn into a shit and get call? Is this going to turn into a weird transporting? Or is this going to turn into um, a community medicine call? And that's based on what your patient's telling you. So, if your patient comes in and tells you, I oh, I'm having, I throwed up. up, I got the poo-poo, <laughs> I got the pooty. Um, 
Did you say pooty? Is that like pooty? a poo? Ooty? I don't know. I, Can you have a UTI listen, in your poo? Make, yes. That's mud butt. Bruh. Shitting from her vagina? Yeah. Yes. I almost went gay that day. That's a thing. We had a lady who was shitting from her vagina. Yeah. There's a whole... It, Anatomy. Um. <laughs> so, so there's a vaginal canal, canal. And, and then it's just, and then above that is what's called your urethra. Was this some kind of like bypass situation? So I forgot what happened, but she ended up getting some type of fissure between the anal canal yeah. and the vaginal canal. Yeah. And it was causing her pain, but whenever she shit, she also pooped it out of her fucking vagina. So what it is is it, so it's actually um so right between there's actually it's it's pretty much like an ingrown cyst that'll actually connect itself from the rectum down to the urethra. It's a very slow thing. I've talked to doctors about it. Mm-hmm. So, um, whenever it's inside your body, um, it'll actually grow from your rectum. It'll move out to the urethra. So while you're trying to go to the bathroom, it'll actually go down outside your vagina. Yeah. That sounds horrible. Yeah. yeah. You, you have to get surgery for it. Completely shocked us because yeah. I've heard about it on shows like House. Never seen it in real life. Yeah. Shit was literally and figuratively, shit was weird. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but. Uh, digressing. <laughs> or that woman who threw up shit. I, yeah, was, I yeah. felt so bad uh, for that one. Yeah, when you... Uh, Bowel obstruction. That's a very... Uh, very when, when you see that call, yeah. you want pain meds because that is a very painful thing for them to go through. I mean, just think of that, dude. You're throwing up shit. Fuck, I gave her all the ketamine. Yeah, dude. Like, she was still puking shit when we got there and it was she was at urgent care for stomach pain yeah and then went back home she called crying she's and then she was like hey i'm throwing up this dark stuff and we're like okay this is a regular gi yeah and then we're in the back of the rig i'm like oh "Oh, shit like are you throwing up shit (laughs) yeah literally throwing up Shit. I remember they got her in there, took her, and then immediately just, like, got her into the OR. Oh, yeah. They, we were in the ER for maybe, like, five minutes, and then she horked up some more poop, and yeah. then they were like, hey, we're going to the OR, like, right now. Anyway, back on assessments. Back on assessments. <laughs> um, uh, where was I? Oh, initial part of the assessment. So then we find out we're going to ask the question whether or not it's going to be a shit-and-get call, uh, stay in, or stay in play. Or are we going to do a community medicine thing? And that, you know, evolves down your 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 assessment path. Now what they'll teach in school versus what we'll do uh, live in the streets are two completely thing. Two completely different things. When you're learning assessments in school, you're learning how to pass the national registry. But when you're out in the street assessing patients, uh, it's a kind of a completely different animal because you got to take things into account like personality, uh, what kind of other things they got going on. Is this person batshit fucking crazy? Shin Are they going to listen to you? Right? And when you're kind of flowing down the assessment pathway, you kind of have to like, it's a one, it's an individualistic thing. Not every right. patient is the same. Not every situation is the same. So you kind of have to approach it objectively and with an open mind. And then you can find out through your assessment, okay, are they selling me bullshit? Are they being legit? And are they, are they making a mountain out of molehill? Or do they just not understand what's going on? Because we deal with a lot of uh, people in the geriatric community. What's going on? So you just internet? Oh yeah, no. I see. So, um, but so I mean, I do like I completely agree with you because the problem is like you know 
um, you get taught, you know, OPQRST, or you have your little scenarios in EMT school, paramedic school, that kind of stuff. But they have their what they call um, actors. Yeah. Okay. And you know, cool. But like, whenever you're on like actual like people action nine one calls, like they're not actors; they're yeah. real people. Yeah. And if you sit there and talk to them like they're quote unquote patients, not they're like people, you're gonna easily like not get trust anymore. Well, yeah, it's it's not only just trust, but it's also respect. Respect that most people don't know large medical terms. So I, yeah. this is another part of the assessments. I keep my shit stupid as hell. Like if I can understand it with that, I try to think of myself in layman's terms that don't know all these big medical terms. And especially when I hate big words at a fucking medical school, they're like, ah, I'm like, you, you touch you yourself. All the big words. And I'm like, listen, you got the sugars. You, you know, got the sugars. Is your sugars out of whack? You yeah. Know? Uh, Your heart's going me way yeah. too fast. We try to dumb it down. I don't want to say dumb it down, but we try to make it our idiot level so people can understand it. Explain it like I'm five. Yes. Yeah. And that kind of gets people to say, okay, well, they're, they're you're, you're not looking down on me as I'm sick here, and it's kind of insulting. So um, figuring out how to talk to people is like a, almost an essential thing. I, I think a lot of people miss that. They're just like spitting out like, oh, you have cardiomegalomy or, you know, you, you're hyperglycemic. Like okay, s- stop that shit. Hey, your blood sugar is low. Eat some okay. food. Eat some ass. food or, you know, stop taking your insulin and then going on a fasting diet for 12 hours. And then another thing is people don't, they, they like, because a lot of people, patient wise, also have questions about what the hell they think's going on. Yeah. You know, they'll have questions about medications. Mm-hmm. Like, doctors won't explain to them what's going on about, you know, their actual medical history. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, assessments go even more than just trying to figure out how to treat them in emergency settings. Like, we can actually sit there and talk to people and try to help them explain life like with their medications and shit to them. Mm-hmm. And then long-term treatments. And then long-term passed, treatments. Which goes into the community medicine thing. Yeah. And how many times have you guys run a call where they're like, well, I was at the ER yesterday for this. And, oh, all the day. And then, then I say, well, what did they diagnose you with? What did they do? And they're like, well, I don't know. Yeah. And yeah. then you have to like go dig through their discharge paperwork and whatnot because they just don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, part, of, part of our job is to not well, only be just this meat wagon yeah. ambulance drivers, but we're also supposed to be kind of... Uh, a liaison between the emergency room system and 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 just you know the patient at a certain point in time you have to kind of uh, I don't know what the word is you kind of have to like <laughs> she she banned us from vaping in here <laughs> she banned us from vaping and Shannon's contributing to his delinquency of vaping I'm I'm a good boy. I Thank you. What I, was talking I appreciate about. you. Thank you. You're welcome. Ow! <laughs> so, uh, one a couple mistakes that not mistakes, but like kind of like bad etiquette. I think we see when we're you know we're on the streets, and especially with like newer people and and new paramedic students, is you kind of have to have confidence in in talking with with your patient. Um, Confidence is key. Letting people know that one, you kind of know what you're talking about, and two, and even if you don't, we have this phrase called "fake it till you make it," right? Yes. Um, you can bullshit your way through most of the stuff and get where you need to go, uh, assessment-wise, and then still be right. And a lot of people think I'm kind of smart on the rig, but 
I just bullshit very well. Yes. I my partner has told me a lot of this job is bullshitting. I, let's let's get away from the term bullshit. Can we say ad living or improvising? Can we explain what that means? Okay. So when we walk into a situation, we don't honestly know what's going on. So we have to take a lot of information rapidly and come up with an answer. So one, our patient kind of understands what's going on, and two, they kind of feel secure in, what's, in, in what we're saying. It's a part of your scene presence yes. is what the bullshit, yes. what, what we mean by that. Yeah. And a lot of people, they think way too much into it. Like, sometimes it could be something as what you think it is. Mm-hmm. You know, some people, you get the knowledge of, you know, you get told all these things, like, big words everywhere. But it could be something as simple as, hey, you might have a little stomach bug that you can sit there and talk to somebody about, which then always comes back to your assessments, you know. And even with, like, simple things like as if someone says they're in pain, you know, you and I will ask people, is it sharp, stabby, dull, achy, crampy? Because that can help dictate which way you want to go. And, like, say, for example, if anyone's ever had, like, a Charlie horse before, you know, you can use that to your advantage as your assessment. You know, like, if they're, hey, my heart feels really squeezed tight, okay, use that. Like, imagine a Charlie horse in your chest. Yeah. Or if you've ever had problems breathing, like, you have asthma or something, use that to your advantage. Yeah. Like, you know? If you have experiences, and that's part of, like, you know, uh, gaining... Hold on. Gaining uh, a, a good assessment or even empathizing of what your patient, you know, um, might be going through is, okay, have you ever had asthma before? Do you know what that feels like? Can you relate and explain that back to that person? I've had asthma before. When we go on breathers, uh, you know, I ask them, you know, hey, does it feel like this? Does it feel like that? And what happens is you will watch a sensor relief come up well, when they when you actually start treating them, the relief comes up. But when you're starting to talk with them and be like, hey, and you can relate to it, it, it kind of puts them in your corner and they start to gain trust with you. So and, and also you kind of want to like get a good description of what it feels like, especially if you can relate to it, then you can understand and empathize with, okay, this person's having a hard time breathing. Let's be emp- empathetic to that, you know? And what does that, what you try to remember what that feels like for chest pain, it's kind of a wonky thing. Some people brush by chest pain and they don't go into like, okay, is it reproducible Mm -hmm. uh, with breathing and touch? Is it a squeezy? Is it sharp, stabby? Is it dull, achy? What's the quality, meaning on a scale of one to 10, uh, what does this chest pain feel like? And that can give you a lot of information as about like maybe what is causing it. You know what I mean? A large majority of time, um, chest pain that's reproducible to touch and breathing or respiration wise is is not generally cardiac it you know chest pain that feels like pressure squeezy or crampy we can say okay we're not looking at um, at, a, at a more musculoskeletal thing we're probably looking at something more internal or cardiac related and then that'll drive you down your pathway where you want to go yeah, and then also I've noticed with people with breathers, because there is two differences. Is it hard to breathe in mm-hmm. or is it hard to breathe out? Or are you short of breath? Or are you it's, short of breath? There's differences. 
you know that, that. yeah no it's, there's differences because if it's hard to breathe in it's hard for air to somehow get into your bronchioles and down your alveoli mm-hmm. if it's breathing out to difficult you're in trapping yeah and, you know fluid in there or fluid intake yeah. fluid overload yeah, CHF yeah there's differences asthma is more and asthma can trap as well mm-hmm. which causes a person to feel like oh I can get short breaths in but I can't get short yeah and usually they'll say like it's out. both yeah you know what I mean and with, then like if, if it's shortness of breath you're yeah. actually looking at okay I have this feeling that I can't catch my breath. Like, yeah. Are we talking about something vasovagal related? Cardiac? Shitting and puking all day? Or yeah. is it a cardiac thing that kind of like takes your breath away and you feel like you can't catch your breath? It kind of drives, you know, where we're looking at and gives us more of an idea of what's going on with our patient and what we can't expect. Yeah. And a lot of people don't even know to ask what reproducible means. Yeah. You know, especially with newer people. Like if, if it's reproducible, does it hurt, you know, if we sit there and touch it? Yeah. Does it hurt when they cough? Does it hurt when they breathe in? Because that's usually pain around the pleural sac yep. or the anterior chest wall. You know what I mean? So everything kind of fits in the patterns. And if you do this job long enough, then you will realize that everything we do fits a pattern. And what we're doing with our assessment is trying to move you into a checklist of off that pattern. Okay, they got this, they got this, they got this. It's probably going to be this. And once you see enough shit in the streets, then you'll be able to say, oh, man, you can dial your mind back to that patient looked like this, this kind of looks like the same thing. It's most likely going to be this. Mm-hmm. And then your treatment modality comes is dictated by that pattern, okay? Hey, this motherfucker has no pulse. They're not breathing. This is an easy one. <laughs> you know can't what I mean? make them worse. Very stable patient. Yeah. We can't make them worse. Um, and then, you know, okay, uh, trauma is fairly easy. I, I know a lot of people in our community get their fucking rocks off from trauma but it's literally either a motherfucker has a hole in them plug the fucking hole uh they're not breathing breathe for them this dude got shot that's a real simple fucking call hey you got yoked on a fucking motorcycle you can find three or four big things and and in your assessment becomes real easy can we have something to say well she I was gonna say we have well we have a question from one of our viewers. Send it, Miss Shannon, Mrs. Shannon Miller. Send it. Um, she says, "What is the most valuable part of an assessment to you?" Well, number one, the best thing is that what she said in the front is completely true. So I would say, for my answer, for me personally, I think the most valuable part of an assessment is my first like. Uh, visual size up of okay. the patient. Where is the patient? Um, are they well-groomed? What's their work of breathing? What's their skin condition like? Um, what's their demeanor? What's happening around them? How well is like the room kept? Or, you know, we just talked about yeah, your si- a scene size up. Your initial scene size your up. Your initial yes. scene size up. So I would say that first 10 <laughs> seconds of visual s- Visual assessment is the most valuable part to, to me. Visual stimulation. Yeah, visual right. assessment. Yeah. Visual. I mean, it's stimulating sometimes visually. Like sometimes <laughs> you ever walk into a house and you're like, like way overstimulated by all the things. Unless it's a house full of cool shit, like movie posters that I'm I get way in. overstimulated. Yeah. I'm like, there's a lot. Like going shit, on. this motherfucker likes Ghostbusters, or he's a Steelers fan. Like, oh, you're unconscious yeah. on the floor. Should Black and gold something? for life, baby, right here. Mike, um, or that guy who's 24 doing way better than us in life in the military. Remember that guy? We won't talk about that. Yeah. That sent me on a midlife crisis. Yeah, even I had a midlife crisis. This dude. Yeah, but I. I don't even want to talk about that. That's, I cried. Motherfucker had a BMW at 23. And like a brand new Jeep. 
Not even like a shit jeep, and but like a. To the no, no, no. So his wife called because his wife cared about him. Aww. Yeah, they had a really nice life, okay. and he was like, own two house. I want to. Yeah, about it. I want to talk about it. In the military, he he's in the he's military. A, he's a fucking almost a lieutenant in the military. Yeah, he's like twenty five years old. Owns two houses. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Stop it. Okay, assessments. Yard is kept. All right. You really want me to go out and buy a Corvette and just start my, start my whole midlife crisis? Let's right now. I don't want to talk about this anymore. Yeah. So assessments. What are we talking about? What is the most valuable part of an assessment? How are you going to be twenty four? And uh, okay, I'm done. We're good. We're good. You want to get it out? No, we're good. Are you good? We're good. The roommate's twenty three with a Tesla. Fuck off. No. <laughs> what are we doing with our lives? Apparently, right now? this. We work in EMS. We're, we save lives. Yeah. What do what they call this job? What do they call it? Like honorable or something? I don't know. <laughs> no, it's not a dead end street. For all you that want to come into this profession, it's, it's, it's a, a great life. Stone. You're going to see a lot of genitals. You're going to see a, a lot, lot of, of genitals. genitals. No, that's the one thing I never got warned in fucking school. Like, Ever. and not even like good quality good genitals. genitals. It's like, okay, it's a lot of penises. Actually, a lot of penises. And like they're all wrinkled up, and then like tits that look like they're like saggy waffles. Actually, actually, I had the weirdest methy patient. So he had, I think he had shot himself in the face a few years ago. So it was a little like skewed. It wasn't that Pollock. bad. It was kind of <laughs> a Van Gogh. It was a little. He was a little bit of a Van Gogh. However, if he hadn't shot himself, I swear to God, this man could make millions off of romance novels. Like he had the whole look. His hair was longer than mine. He was found sleeping in someone's RV. This is before you and I. Um, and it, <laughs> he was. Me, he's on meth. I will be he was on meth. Shouldn't, shouldn't. We're taking. I'm taking your vape away. He was on meth. However, when it comes down to genitals, you watch your next wording. <laughs> it was very large. Oh. I'm just saying. You know what? I, I will say this. Oh. There, I didn't say it was larger than yours. There, there are times in this job, like when I used to work in the hood. Um, <laughs> We would get some people, okay, this one kid that got shot, not kid, he was a man that got shot, right? <clears throat> and we have to do this thing where they call it getting people trauma naked. So, so if, you, if you're in trauma and you're going to the hospital, you're backboard, you're collared, whatever, you're getting butt naked. We're, we gotta do it. We gotta, assess, we gotta assess everything. You make eye contact. As soon them. as we cut this dude's pants off and shorts off, boxers, like he was swinging meat. I mean, I was impressed. <laughs> I mean, I, and and as soon as as soon as we get in the ER, like the nurses are like, "Oh shit, this dude's swinging some swinging some salami," and I'm like, "Oh, okay." Like, hey, good on you, man. Way to way to be genetically great. Like, I'm ashamed. I'm going to go cry in the fetal position back at my station for two hours. So back to assessments. Assessments. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta assess their genitals. Uh, yeah, and yeah. I'll be, I'll be honest. Uh, I have, but that was a different story. This took a turn. <laughs> well, so far, so far, meth head's more beautiful than me. He has a, he has a big, ah, eh, 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 big, eh, bigger penis than I have. I didn't I, ah! say that. <laughs> I'm time out. This is, okay, continue, this, is Mike. this is two weeks of him being ashamed of his manhood. By the way. Oh, you want to talk about that? Okay, so the first time we ever had was that the second episode? Last episode. Last episode? 
we should digress. No, no, we want to talk about this? We're, we're not going to talk about no, you. Sure? Do we need like a recording break and then we'll recollect our thoughts and come back? No, no my thoughts are clean. Oh, we need a word from our sponsor. We're, we're live. Hey, sponsor. <laughs> How long have we been going for? Like half an hour. I don't know, 30 seconds. Assessments. <laughs> assessments. Assessments. So how you figure out your assessment and tailor it uh, that tells you, tells you how you're going to go. Um, so let's talk about, uh, this is kind of unorganized. We apologize. I swear to God, next time we go live, we'll have actual format. We'll have our shit like, together. We said that last time, bro. It ain't going to happen. I, I mean, I this better than structure. Fair enough. Thank you. Structure sucks. Anarchy. Anarchy. <laughs> so, uh, yes, your assessments need to be tailored to kind of be personal and objective, and 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 kind of open-minded. Now, we do come to some of our assessments where they end up. You know, we'll figure out a person's bullshit. Oh, you asked. <laughs> Got it. ADHD. All right. She oh, asked. <laughs> yes, it's 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 bad. She asked. Um, a person on online asked, uh, "What's the most valuable part of an assessment?" I will tell you that for me, the most valuable part of assessment is uh, the difference in correlating between what my patient is saying and looks like to what the vital signs are telling me. You're Everything else can lie to you, but your patient's physiology will never lie to you. And when you get to learn how to recognize certain things, um, you will be able to figure out if it's bullshit or not. Um, I, a lot of people take stock in what they're seeing on the monitor and everything else, but what is my patient telling me? So if my patient's satting at 99% and they're still tachycardic with a moderate BP, but they, they're still chugging along and they look like they're not moving a lot of tidal volume, which means they're not getting a lot of volume breathing. I'm still concerned about that patient, right? Because the vital signs are, oh, well, they're 99, let's take them. No, they're still having some difficulty breathing. They're still diaphoretic. They're still looking like they're struggling. We did not fix the whole thing. Yeah, because you know? I mean, like that, like, that could be as simple as like, they're actually hyperglycemic. You know, if they're sit there, they're at 99, but they're breathing so damn. No, but the, but they're breathing so fast. They're breathing off that stuff. I'm about a breather, but I get weird. Uh, I, I, I didn't know what you were talking about. I just heard vitals. <laughs> it's wah, 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 wah. Wah, wah, wah. No, so uh, even in that, like, yeah. Uh, but but that's what I'm saying. Is like yeah. it, that goes back to your assessments because there, there can be so much of what's going on just by what their complaint is. But everyone gets stuck in the monitor mm -hmm. that they're not looking at the big picture. Yeah. You know, look at the person. Just like you said, and you and I have talked about this all the time, the human body can't lie to you. It can't. Yeah. You know, we get lied to all the time. God for fucking man. Everybody lies. Specifically in this I don't know what it is. Like we're not the cops. Like tell us the fucking truth. Because like, I'm white. We don't judge. Just tell us what's going on with you. If it's embarrassing Sure. I can out in a, in a year or two, you might end up on the podcast. But, like, for right now, like, it's a non-issue. We don't care about what happened. Nothing accidentally goes into your ass. That's not true. <laughs> That's not... Uh, if you're on a balcony and you fall off two stories and end up in a bush and that bush ends up in you, that that's an accident. Yeah. I mean... Or if I accidentally slip in a bathroom and I find some kind I'm of pen. I'm going to need to see some empirical evidence. Like, I'm going to need to see some, like, studies. Some, like, peer review. I can give it's you... It's not a large percentage of people... That I can give you websites. Yeah. 
I need huh? some like remember, documentation. Remember one guy one jar? Yeah. That wasn't an accident. No, no, no. no actually, yeah. no, no. No, there it. is one though that um that one guy actually fell off. He was trying to kill himself. He jumped off a building, but he landed on those car stop um do hickeys. Yeah, like the little metal the things. Metal yeah, he landed on that and like you, there was a picture. It literally went through him and up. So, so at that's that an accident. Point, it's not accidentally in your ass. You're just impaled. Okay, but it's an accident. It could have impaled him somewhere yeah, you else. You weren't like just like, "Hey, I'm walking down the street." Yeah, he's like, "Oh, Whee! a fence." <laughs> yeah. Okay, story, assessment. Story time. Story time. Uh, when I was originally certified in this career, and I lived in Central Pennsylvania, we we live in a college town. Um, a kid was drunk, no, trying no. to hop from balcony to balcony, missed the balcony. Oop, hit the mic. Missed the balcony and fell two stories into a bush per se uh this bush uh had some large branches it went in through the rectum and lodged this branch into his stomach now he went to surgery fairly quickly uh and uh you guys realize when you pass the mic back and forth it's just gonna make a ton no we're good oh i guess my mic's just stupid um well yeah check me so um <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Here. So yeah, uh he got the pill and that was kind of an accident. Yes. To a degree. I, I mean, mean he wasn't looking to get I mean alcohol was involved. And we know what happens when people drink, get drunk and they get impaled. We we end up earning our money. We earn our money. Yeah. I'd rather watch that for Then get impaled? Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess where it depends on what kind of night. Netflix and impalement. Netflix. That's, <laughs> for those of us who are perverted by it, that's just Netflix and chill because eventually there's some kind of impalement going on. Uh, <laughs> all right. He's talking about sex. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So back to assessments. <laughs> so what are we on, trauma now? What else do we have to say about assessments? <laughs> well, we're on trauma. So trauma assessments, a lot of people, um, I, I brought this up to all my EMT babies, you know, in EMT class and even our paramedic babies. Like, we go by what's called the March Principle. It, it was initially called uh, PHTLS or ITLS. That's a lot of words. Yeah, and pre-hospital trauma life support or international yeah. trauma life support. It was a, a flaw. Well, I mean, the military did use it at one point. Yeah. But they had to kind of fucking dumb it down, and they mm. ended up calling it the March Principle. And Yeah, so the March Principle, if you guys follow this to a T, trauma's easy. Yeah. Massive hemorrhaging, airway, respirations, circulation head injury and heat loss. Yep. That is literally trauma like to a T. For most of the statistics that came out of the Iraq war and even pre that like Black Hawk Down 1993 when they were doing SOCOM medicine uh, the March principle was eventually developed from that and it's to simplify the shit that's going to kill you right now. And that's the shit that we can fix right now. Is that so I was taught the lethal, the f- lethal field triad of death. The de- Why can't I word right now? Yeah, um, the things that'll kill you the most in the field is going to be heavy blood loss, um, your airway and respiratory, and believe it or not, it's not going to be heat, the heat loss. It's going to be, or I'm sorry, it's not going to be the head injury. It'll be heat loss. Uh, when you have um, lots of blood loss, 
a crap airway and 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 hypothermia, that's where you're going to kill people. Yeah, and I've had people sit there and try to debate, well, airways first. I'm like, okay, no, I'll I'll be like, okay, fine, I'll hear you out, and they sit there and tell me that. I'm like, cool, you just fix his airway, but you just you didn't notice that an artery's been scored for the last yeah. minute. It's great to be able to fix the airway, but if you can't carry that oxygen anywhere, it's it doesn't go anywhere. Pointless. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it's it's simplified, yeah. you know. And then like especially if on um, the left side of the body is if something gets hurt, that's what scares me the most. No, excuse me, the right side. Where's the lever? At? It's, yeah, no, right side, mid, mid, midline to right side. Yeah, there it is. I'm, I'm. Yeah, I'm, I'm scared. I'm concernedicus. Because like uh, the liver, especially, has so much arteries and veins. The hepatic section. If 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 you could just look at what you're going on. Yeah, the heart's over here, but down this region, there's really not a whole lot that's going to kill you quick. Over here is a lot of the shit that's going to kill you quick. If I got a bullet hole right here, I'm concerned. If I got a bullet hole anywhere in this region, I'm concerned. Um, your aorta runs down there through there. Your liver. liver's there. A couple other vital organs that I can't remember off the top of my head because I'm fucking retarded. Well, Run yeah, down that way. Well, I mean, right there in that area, and there would be the gallbladder and somewhat of the large intestine yeah. and the small intestine. A lot of smooth muscle organs yeah. or smooth organs and, that, and, and hollow like organs near that will bleed quick. Also, what's yeah. up? We're concerned about the spleen in this mm-hmm. situation yeah. because spleen's of the blood bleed. volume. Yes, yeah, spleen bleed. bleed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Splenic lacs will bleed out quick. Yeah. Liver lacs, splenic lac. Uh, puncture the liver, puncture the spleen. Your your fucking aorta. If that motherfucker gets hit, you got what? Maybe um, you're done. You need bright lights and cold steel and diesel right therapy. Now. You need to be like a diesel block away therapy. from the fucking oh, a diesel not bullets. the ER and OR because that 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 thing bleeds. It bleeds quick. Um, Is that what it does? It bleeds. Oh. Quick. Oh, cool. Quick. We had a kid back in Wilkinsburg, and Alyssa, if you're watching, you'll remember this call because this 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 one threw us for a loop. Um, he got shot with a 38, and it transversed mm. his thoracic cavity. Uh, the transverse shooting suck because that bullet goes in, and this one passed the whole way through. So all the way through it, popped both lungs, nicked the aorta, popped the left ventricle, and popped the other side of his lungs on the way out. And oh, and it hit a spinal cord. So when we rolled up to him, Alyssa hops out of the truck. Um, <laughs> she runs right up. She's a, doing her rapid trauma assessment. I walk up. This guy's got a priaprism, and he ejaculated. Um, when you have priaprism through trauma and you ejaculate, that's that's bad as fuck. So I look at this, and everybody knows. If you rode with me, you know that when I say, "Hey, we got to go," like we need to get the fuck off and go right now. Um, luckily, we had like three crews there, plus uh, response medic Bobo. See you, bro. Uh, he he ended up coming there, and he rode in with me. Um, and this kid just he crashed quick. I think it took Alyssa drives like fucking Mario Andretti. So <laughs> we had about we had about eight to ten miles to go. She made it to the trauma center in like five. So we were haul assing down the parkway. Um, by the time we got about uh, three minutes from the hospital, and this kid started. Uh, crashing his heart rate and blood pressure and like we were trying to figure out what else we were missing we had decompressed his chest we had put chest seals on we were doing all all the trauma ALS Um, when we got off the exit um, his heart rate started crashing and we had epi ready to go and we had a bag of fluid ready to go and you're kind of at a catch-22 at that point because you're like okay (laughs) 
do we flood him with fluids below the clotting factors of whatever he has left, which is nothing? Or do we give him the epi, speed his heart rate up, and increase contractility, and pump the rest of the blood out of his body? We did both. Uh, when we got to the ER, they cracked his chest in the ER and started doing cardiac massage. When the doctor reached in to try and do the massage, he pulled his hands out and he was dripping blood. And he's like, hey, this kid lost most of his blood in his thoracic cavity. When they shot the x-rays and shit and got this kid up to the OR, they found out that he like popped everything going across and there was no saving this kid. He coded twice uh, and after the third time they were like, Domino eat the biscuit. Shut up, Nate. <laughs> Domino's has biscuits now again? Um, yes. Domino's has had biscuits. Uh, the, well. The, the kid died because you pop a lot of large vessel stuff inside the thoracic cavity. Um, going back, your, your trauma assessment has to be that rapid. And when they say rapid trauma assessment, and you can get a pretty good thorough trauma assessment with the March principle while not sacrificing uh, speed. Yeah, I mean, like, seriously, like, walk up, you know, like, is there puddles of blood? If there is, cool. Quickly try to figure out where it is. If it's anything lethal, stop it. We call it a blood sweep. Blood sweep. And then, uh, like... You just go over the body, around the back, down the legs real quick. Yeah. Okay. Every every couple of legs, you pull your gloves out or your hands out and see where, yeah. where you're getting blood Is from. there a life threat right there? Yes. If there is, fix it. Stop the bleeding. Stop the bleeding. Yeah. We can also talk about distracting injuries in this case, because we see a lot of that in trauma. Yeah, a, a lot of even even people have been doing this for a while. Yeah, you know they do that. Oh, a yeah, lot, broken you know? pinky. Yes, but there's a large. Yeah, actually, perfect example. <laughs> that dude who got hit by that car. Um, oh, with the wrist. Yeah, with the yeah. wrist. Well, you know, I hopped out, and there's he's like drenched in blood, mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, where is it bleeding from? And his wrist just popped wide open. And I'm like, okay, cool. And he was just smearing on himself because he was drunk. So the people that responded wanted to, you know, remember they were like, oh, hey, let's load and go yeah. because there's blood everywhere. No, we found where he's bleeding at. His yeah. wrist is and, just open. And once they, they applied a makeshift tourniquet, it stopped bleeding. And yeah. Like, okay, well, it's not bleeding anymore. So we got time. Yeah. Let's get a thorough. After you realize that you don't need to, like, shit and get, you could say, okay, let's take a minute. Yeah, let's take a minute. And, and make sure we're good not going to, like, shit the bed on the way to the hospital. Yeah, but again, it was because, just like what she was saying, it's because there was just shit tons of blood mm-hmm. everywhere. Don't get, you know? don't get, don't get, don't get tunnel, tunnel vision. vision based off of, like, this big thing. If you see something, check yourself, take a deep breath and go, okay, that's a problem, fix that, move on to your next thing. Take a minute, because if you, and this actually happened with the kid that got shot, I got distracted by the what was showing me a spinal cord injury plus uh, the shooting on this side of the chest. I missed this whole other side. And luckily, Bobo was sinking a 14 gauge on, on the left side, raised his arm up and saw the exit wound and was like, hey, we need to seal that. That's why we're getting a shit cap note reading. Cool. He caught it. We took a minute. We, I mean, we really didn't take a minute, but he found something that I missed because I got distracted. And it still happens. You're, nobody's going to be perfect on that. But this is a way for you to kind of uh, uh, compartmentalize that assessment into a quick thing where you're not going to miss the big things that will kill somebody. Yes. They got a broken leg. Yes, they got a couple scrapes and bruises right here, or scrapes and bumps right here. But don't let that be distract you away from the big five. Five? March. M A R. Is that five? Yeah. Yeah. Five. <laughs> the big five. Massive hemorrhage. Are they bleeding a lot? Stop it. Airway. Do they have one? Do they need one? Do they need one? We can one? do that. 
Respirations, is it rapid? Is it slow? What does that tell you? Are we dealing with the tension pneumothorax or, you know... Uh, Are they even breathing? <laughs> pneumothorax, right? Um, the quality of the respirations is are they moving a lot of volume are they not are they oxygenating which comes in the pulse ox and capnography circulation do we have good cap refill do we have good distal pulses yeah. do we have good CMS and distal pulses below a break shit that lets you know hey we We're need perfusing. to get there quick or are we not perfusing are, yep. we, yeah, are we carrying oxygen to where it needs to go head injury are they talking gibberish? Are they perseverating? Uh, which means repeating questions over and over again. Are they... Um, nystagmus. Are they nystagmus? Do they have presence of a, a concussion? And then, again, the thing that kills people that a lot of people don't think about, heat loss. And I also love to look at pupils. Yeah. Like, love them. You know, like, if they're looking, like, are they tracking me? Mm-hmm. Are they constricted? Is one open? Is, like, one dilated? Is one not dilated? You see what I mean? I can't read that because I'm... Oh, these medical stories bring back some memories working in security. Who is that? Hi, Danny Rodriguez. Danny Rodriguez. Shout out. Shout out. Yeah. So, uh, Kinsley. I have a question. Since you brought up nystagmus, Mm -hmm. um, can you talk about nystagmus because of trauma? Mm -hmm. Yes. What? Tell me. Tell me the things. I want to know. What exactly would you want to? Well, why does nystagmus present in trauma? What? So the reason being is so with nystagmus, so whenever someone either has some kind of concussion, it's, it's what's called coup contra coup in the brain. Basically, so your, your the brain, brain will kind of vibrate. slam back and forth inside slam your head. Dunk your slam dunk to brain. So with your eyes, um, your, your optic nerve, it connects into your brain. So whenever it does a coup contra coup, that back and forth, things need mm-hmm. to reset, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. So whenever the eyes will actually reach a certain point, that's that kind of like that landmark that your eyes can't go past that. So then it's, the brain is trying to kind of figure out. And like okay, so to simplify what he's saying, because explain I it like I'm five. It, I'm gonna try to like um, your brain's trying. Your you when you view things, it actually takes like a couple split seconds for your brain to process. And normally you won't have that nystagmus unless you're genetically born or congenital defect of nystagmus. But your brain is still trying to process and your your eyes are gonna continue to move. And instead of moving at a smooth pace, it'll just tick. And it's it's basically the disconnect between your, your eye processing what you're seeing to your brain, if that makes sense. And a head injury, you're, you, you basically bruised and created lesions in your in your brain for lack of better terms in case there's a doctor work watching this um and it's there's swelling there's injury so your brain's not going to process it the same way that it would if 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 it were quote unquote normal it's the same thing that happens when you take drugs um when you take drugs not that we've ever done that but your your vision's trying to catch up to your brain and your brain vice versa Whoa. so you'll get nystagmus with drunk people uh people on drugs okay. and head injuries yeah. question though for head injuries would you see vertical and horizontal nystagmus you might you might, might. might. Yeah. okay so, then that so it's also, possible yeah, yes and that can dictate which um lots of different nerves that are affected it can also yeah tell you exactly where in the brain you're being affected i can't tell you off the top of my head what that is because I only do my con ed stuff once a year. <laughs> and you get me two weeks after that, I'll be able to tell you everything, but 
three months after that, it's all gone until the next time I got to do it. I mean, I had to memorize all those stupid. Yeah, the notes. nerves, the cranial nerves. It, it, there's assessments for everything, <sighs> but nystagmus is a good indicator of a head injury and. Mm -hmm. Like, or even just a minor concussion. Minor concussion. It, it help, yeah. And and whether somebody's under the influence or not. So if somebody's like slurring their speech and being kind of a douche, you could be like, me and Nate will always walk them like, hey, follow my finger with your eyes and your eyes only. And if we see the bouncing, we say, hey, do you, were you born with any visual defects? No. Okay, you're fucking drunk or under the influence of something. It's gotten us in trouble quite a few times, like almost a court. What? Yeah. yeah, because like we'll sit there and figure something out. We'll we'll arrive on scene first, and then we'll walk up to the DUI officer and be like, like hey, "Oh, hey, by the way, he's on okay, he's he's like, like, oh, oh, what's your first, what's your first name? Shit. God damn it! It's Terry Zog. It's <laughs> Terry Zog. I'm so glad you're on board with that because I've done that too. Sorry, Terry. Shout out Terry. Shout out Terry. You though. You're awesome. I can't. I'm sure he's been in court. So I don't even know this call. Just for shit, he wasn't even on. <laughs> I don't remember this at all. What's your name in here though? I don't even work weekends. Why was your name on? The, the list here at this nursing home? I, yeah. was, I was in Florida on that day. What? Uh, no, you weren't, Terry. <laughs> it says here, Terry Zog, gigantic black dude <laughs> with dreadlocks. Or, That's totally you know, not me. White girl. Yeah. Because <laughs> I could ask for Terry yeah. Zog too, all the time. Yeah. <laughs> for those of like, should we, should we, I don't know if we should double further on that tangent. What? The Terry Zog. Yeah, I was explaining know. Terry Zog to Shannon later. Oh, it looks like in, inside joke inside for those joke. of us who work inside out here. Joke. He's not a joke though. He's actually a pretty cool yeah, dude. He's, he's like low key genius too. He kind of is. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of scary. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, with everything we talked about, that goes literally back to all of our assessments. Yeah. You know, like and like your and I's assessments are somewhat the same, but it's also somewhat different, which is great. I like to go through every single human body system. Oh yeah, you know. Oh no, literally. Yep. I, I I like to go through Neuro, every human body start system. Start the head, work your way down to the extremities. Yeah. It's it's it only benefits you in the long run. Yeah, I'll go through renal, cardiac, respiratory. I mean, like everything, just so I know which branch I want to go down. You know, and if like say for example, if I'm like, hey, do you have kidney issues? They're like, yeah. What kind of kidney issues? Well, I don't know. You ever done dialysis? Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. When was your last dialysis appointment? Well, I've missed it. Okay, so now we might be looking at some kind of hypercase yeah. issue. Then your 12 week comes into play. Yeah. Apno comes into play. Uh, you know, everything. Vital signs come into play at that point. Okay, they missed two dialysis appointments, and now they're fatigued. Uh, legs are swelling. Okay, let's look at the BP. Is it a high BP? Is it a low heart rate? Is that EKG wide and fucked up? And do we have global PT waves everywhere? Okay, we can say safely, okay, with, oh, what, 75% yeah. certainty <laughs> that it's probably hyper K. Now that dictates the treatment we got. Calcium, sodium, bicarb, uh, shit loads of albuterol. Yeah. You know, that's how we, that's how we, uh, that's how, that's, how, that's how you fix that. Move out. to fix it. That's We're getting back to homeostasis. Yes, and that's a big thing. Engineer. Yes, engineer. And that's a big thing that a lot of people keep forgetting. That that's our job. You're, you're reverberating out through the mic. That good. I was trying to add dramatic background. Yeah, no, I got it. It was, it was like, nut. Ow, fuck. <laughs> Sorry <laughs> for people who have earphones on. Yourself. Yes. <laughs> 
but but that's the thing that a lot of people forget that that's what we do like we keep homeostasis we don't do trauma shit i mean like surgery stuff yeah we're not you know (laughs) like it's just like it feels like that everyone you know like okay we're on an ambulance we have to do this 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 and this no we have to get them close to the balance as possible and get them to the guy with the md behind his fucking name you you know you're essentially dumping a a puzzle on a table Putting that puzzle together and then, Saying, and then well, giving it to it somebody works. to figure out the rest of the shit. Giving it to like, your mom to fix the rest. I've of always it. said that like, don't like into this. we don't save lives. We're oh, just getting people cool. back to homeostasis. Sometimes we'll and we'll fix problems and solve puzzles, but it, it it's a complementary to the rest of the emergency uh, medical system. Mm-hmm. It's All a right. chain of survival. Chain of survival. That. We are the. An initial triage point for that chain of survival. Yeah. So um, let's let's move on. Uh, I we're gonna go bench seat bloopers next. Bench seat bloopers. <laughs> so oh, we're already done. No, we're gonna do bench seat bloopers and we're gonna wrap up because I was late. It's my fault. Well, I mean, I'm not doing anything. Yeah, but I gotta pick my kid up too. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's fine. What? Yeah. We got time. We're just going to go through bench seat bloopers and bullshit a little bit more because it's live. It's the first live show. Okay, so this week's bench seat blooper, uh, Devin Cummings, you coined the term, so I'm going to stick with it, bench seat blooper. Um, this week's bench seat blooper is one of my favorite stories ever. Uh, it is the Nathan Ritchie, Street Doc, aka Street Doc 187, Deer Story. And oh, I do because this is one of the first stories I heard about you. Yes, and I was still like, you know what? Yes. I like him. This this story, if you've never heard it, especially if you're in our area, is legendary because it's the most hilarious shit I've ever heard of. I've ever witnessed in my life. So, uh, was it two years ago? I think so. It was two years ago. We we're going code three up I twenty five to the north end of the town we live in. Um. And it was probably for some just, it would sound like a pretty bullshit call. I don't even think it was really anything. We're going code three. Um, it's late at night, probably about like three in the morning. Yeah, and like, we're just cruising. And I'm not going to say how fast I was going because I, if a supervisor's watching, I don't want to. We're going to 65 miles an hour yes, on I-25. the posted speed limit. But <laughs> any supervisor who's watched my drive cam videos know that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. we're rolling up. Nate's in the passenger seat. Uh, he's just chilling. It's kind of dark because they forgot to fix the lights on that section of the roadway. And Nate goes, holy shit, what's that in the road? I look up, and there's a deer in the number one lane of the highway. And he's just, like, cruising across the highway. And I'm, I start to swerve off to kind of miss it. And this, this deer, a doe fucking runs right into the side of the ambulance cartwheels up the side of the ambulance just destroys the whole side of it takes the air almost hits this guy in the back of us that was driving a truck uh, a pickup truck almost lands on him hits the road i pull over i'm like shit <laughs> so i get on the radio immediately uh which are, oh we were in 11 i go dispatch medic 11 yeah. uh you're gonna have to send another rig to that call we just killed bambi verbatim yeah just killed bambi get off the radio i was like you're gonna need to send cspd and uh 
up this way as well because I thought we were gonna have to meet myself and Irene this this deer <laughs> on the on the roadway, which means I thought we were gonna have to end the fucking deer's life in case it wasn't dead. But when we look back, it looked dead. So we get out of the truck, assess the damage. It destroyed the whole side of the ambulance. Nate looks down. He goes, "Hey, Mike." Uh, it's not dead. So we look down the roadway, and this deer's in the middle of the roadway. Go, ah! and I'm like, I'm like, uh, this batch eleven. Uh, we're gonna need. We're definitely gonna need PD. I lied. We didn't kill it yet. <laughs> so Nate goes down the road. There's like little to no traffic. There's a couple tractor trailers every now and again. One swerved to miss it, and Nate pulls the deer off the side of the road. The guy that we almost hit was an off-duty sheriff's deputy, and he comes up and he's like, "Hey, are you guys okay?" We're like, "Yeah." Are you okay? He's like, "Yeah." We're, me and him are ch- ch- chopping it up because this thing is still writhing on the side of the road. Nate walks up, and we're all just sitting there conferring about what we should do. And I'm like, we should probably humanely end this deer's life. And he's like, he's like, yeah. I was like, do you have a gun in your car? He's like, yeah, but if I use it, I'm, I think I have to actually write a report and call it in. And I'm like, good point. Nate's like... Let me, let me digress off topic here a little bit. Anybody, especially those of you from Pennsylvania and those of you that hunt will know, deers are pretty strong animals, okay? They're made of mostly muscle, okay? Coming back to the story, Nate walks up and goes, hey, we're talking about you know, the whole ending of a deer's life humanely. Nate goes, I have an idea. I'm going to break this fucking deer's neck. <laughs> I look at Nate and I'm like, bro. You are, you are not breaking a fucking deer's neck, okay? I grew up in the country. I've seen people try before. You cannot break a deer's neck. He's like, no, but then the, the deputy looks at him and goes, yeah, dude, you're not breaking this deer's neck. So me and, me and this deputy go back to talking. We're like, okay, whatever. They just Next thing you know, we hear this, like, scuffle 50 yards away from us down the road. Here's Nate on the ground. <laughs> trying to snap this fucking deer's neck and I'm like, me and the, me and the deputy are just, my jaws drop. I'm looking at this like, what, what, what is going on right now? Like, what, what is going on right now? And Nate's just like, and I go, oh my god. If, if I had had the presence of mind, people, I would have I would have turned the truck around and got this on the drive cam so I could at least show you the, what this looked like. So afterwards, Nate comes trotting back up out of breath. The deer is still inside the road. And Nate comes trotting back up the roadway and he's sitting there and he's like, he's like, well, I couldn't do it, but I think I gave him a good spinal adjustment. I'm like, oh my so, God. This is the, my best part that I like oh to say God. too. Cause when I walked up, literally he was sitting there like, Arr. and literally I was like, it's going to be okay. I petted him. I was like, it's going to be okay. And literally, no, literally, I was like, it's going to be okay. Shh, 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 shh. It's going to be okay. <laughs> literally, okay, if anybody has seen this, if you're old enough to remember this movie, it was a Jim Carrey movie. It was the me, myself, and Irene part where he tries to shoot the deer, but instead he's sitting on the ground wrestling. Literally what he looked like the whole time. And I'm like, oh my God, this is the most hilarious fucking thing ever. Um, it, goes, it, goes, it gets worse. So the deputy's like, okay, maybe we should just knife this thing in the back of the head. And I'm like, or maybe we should just knife this thing. I'm like, cool, because I've seen back where I come from, when people kill deers, they just swipe the neck or they swipe the deer right across the neck, let them bleed out. It's done and over with. It happens quick, so it's fairly humane. 
this guy comes up and just like starts just poking this dude poking the deer in the back of the head and I'm like okay just stop just stop we're done we have, we have tortured this animal so much oh, right now wasn't she pregnant too yeah it was a pregnant deer it, was, it got it got a lot worse it got a lot worse so once the officer rolls idiot. up we're like we're like okay finally we're gonna just put this thing out of the misery why there's like stop wounds <laughs> At this point in time, I just I've given up on trying to be humane about this because it's it's not going as planned at all. And then the police officer comes up and like, okay, we're finally going to do this thing right. This the, the he just comes up and goes, it's going to die in a couple of minutes. Just hauls it over the fucking Jersey Bear, and I'm like, all right. At one point, I'm like, okay, it's February. It's three o'clock in the morning. I got ratchet straps back at the station, and we got a stretcher. Like, dude, we can make some stew. I was like, if I know a good butcher in town, can I get this thing back, and will it keep? By the time I get off shift at 7 o'clock in the morning, I didn't take the deer with me. <laughs> but how did you find out it was pregnant? Hmm. Oh, it's because there was a, there's some things were poking, poking out. out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It got gruesome really quick. Yeah. <laughs> So that's the deer story. Yeah, and the reason why I figured that out is because I had him like in a full, complete lock chokehold, like nine yards, like Gracie Jiu-Jitsu style. Yeah, like Gracie Jiu-Jitsu <laughs> style. And then like whenever I was done, I'm pretty sure like the pressure I was putting on his stomach was actually pushing the kid out. <laughs> she. Yeah, she. Yeah, I was pushed in the face. Let's use the appropriate pronouns, Nathan. Excuse me, her. Girl, she, the mom. Yeah, so that's the deer story. Out of 20 years of doing this, that is in the top five, (laughs) top five EMS stories. This is the funniest shit in the world. I love this job. Yeah. Yeah. What the... Fuck. What other bench seat blooper is there? Hey, you got one for the week? Let me think. For th- I don't have anything that will ever top that. <laughs> that is a pretty epic story. I mean, I come close to it by kicking the CPAP machine and yeah. breaking it in half. Yeah. But yep. you know what? I don't. I can never Ooh, that. Shitty hands. Which one? The guy had the arm bar the, the whole time. Shitty hands. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's fucking disgusting. So we go downtown for a guy who's intoxicated. He's in a wheelchair. Okay. So this, I mean, he's plastered. Don't get me wrong. Like, like, like shit faced. Literally. Literally. So he's in his wheelchair, and like us, PD and fire, we quickly realize that this man is covered head to toe in shit. Was it just us and PD? Yeah. Oh, okay. So us and PD quickly realize this guy is just covered in shit head to fucking toe. Okay, so we were like, great. So we moved him over to the stretcher. There's yeah. like a line. Royce ended up coming. Because Did he? they called for assistance to get the wheelchair to the hospital because we didn't want to take it. I didn't remember. Okay, because it, it was a while ago. Yeah. But yeah, so there was like a like a, just a trail of shit. He's covered head to toe, just talking all shit, all up and down. Just drunk, drunk, just drunk asshole. Shit all over. It's not even like good shit. It's like that cow patty shit. Oh yeah, just, dude. Just just disgusting. like lava patties, gross. Yeah. So, and then, like, so Mike and I look at each other because we're like, well, who the fuck's going to take this? <laughs> so, um, I was like, I think I think you're the one who said it. You're like, I'll give you four AR magazines. 30 rounders. 30 round magazines if you take it. And I'm like, all right, bet. bet. <laughs> so, like, bet. I'm in the airway chair, and this dude starts flinging shit everywhere. Oh, no. Yeah, we, we, we didn't really think down the road on this one because we probably should have, like, Tied secured him. him. But this I dude, didn't want to fucking touch him. Yeah, no, it... it like bruh yeah so in the in the in the mirror well we didn't even close the doors yet Nate's like 
I'm gonna try and get vitals, and the next thing you know, Nate's just like arm barring this dude to keep him from smearing shit all over. Yeah, the rest I'm of the literally ambulance. the entire ambulance ride. I'm literally just arm barring this fucking guy all the way to the hospital. So like, <laughs> so we're like, we what we call back home, we called it a J3, a Jaffo three. Or here we call it code fiving. So I'm code fiving it the whole way up to the hospital. And this guy, we everyone was on the vert, so we had to go to Penrose. So it wasn't so going to be a quick jaunt. So we're we're like haul assing to, to Penrose because oh, Nate's God. getting fatigued. I'm getting and, pissed. And this dude is just and for uh, uh, something about uh, paraplegics is they're strong as fuck. Yeah. They are not. Like, don't underestimate them. They are strong as fuck. Um, and this guy's giving Nate a run for his money. Like, real talk, like, run for his money. So we get him to the hospital, and we're like, hey, he's drunk, not able to answer questions. He's in a wheelchair, fell out, blah, blah, blah. Shit everywhere, just to let you know. So we move him over. They shit. snip off his, uh, his, his depends, and it's just more shit. And then he just pees, like an arc of urine. <laughs> and then which, he starts kicking. Which, like, I'm like, bro, which, what? Like, which, like, we're trying to, like, hold his legs down. And I'm like, okay, they don't work. But he's strong. His legs are strong as fuck. He's, like, kicking us off. Now there's an arc of pee going everywhere. Two of us are, like, matricing our way out of the fucking pee field. It literally and figuratively was a shit show. Yeah, I remember the doc walked in. He's like, nope, uh, yeah. everybody get out. <laughs> he's like, cut him off, I'm out. Yeah, Why? no, he yeah. was like, everybody get out, get no. the cleaning. God bless those cleaning ladies. Yeah. Jesus fucking Christ. They, they sedated him really quickly. Real because quick. he smeared shit all over Early. the ER bed. I think he got one of the nurses in the scrubs. I was like, oh, you're going to have to burn that. Burn it. Just don't even, don't even wash it. were just saturated. It's fucking disgusting. Yeah. It's gross. Save lives, they said. Make differences, they said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that cosign, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's about. Thank you that. for your service. Thank, oh, thank oh, you. you better shut the hell up with that. Thank you for your service. Ugh. Yeah. So that's bench sleep bloopers. We did assessments. Yeah, I'm still traumatized. Yeah, thanks for thanks for stopping by the live show. I swear to God, we will be better. <laughs> I like this though. I like the kind of unabridged part. Yeah, it works. Yeah, but uh, we're gonna have a little more structure next time. Um, and I guess maybe, with assessments though, we never touched on secondaries. We can talk about that next week. We'll talk about it next week. Yeah, we got next week. Uh, we don't we don't want to blow our load per se, in one episode. Believe me, at least I want to try that because I'm never able to. Wow. Yeah. All right. Thanks for joining us on the Forgotten Podcast. Yeah, I'm never... Thank you for for joining us, uh, Kinsley (laughs) and and Street Doc, KK from Wild Way and Street Doc. Marvin on the production side, bringing bringing you to us live today. Uh, Shannon for keeping my favorite dot com. Street Talk 187 on Twitch. Twitch, Instagram, Facebook group, Make Gaming Friendly again. YouTube, TikTok. Have you still been hacked? I changed my Instagram name because reasons to my new new Instagram name is just KK from around the way. So follow me there. Yeah. Uh, The Forgotten Podcast on Facebook. Uh, the podcast community group, which if you're watching this, you're actually in the community group. I might try to open it up to be public so we can get more viewers. The Facebook page, The Forgotten Podcast. Uh, 
we are on YouTube, right? Yeah, The Forgotten is on YouTube. It's kind of buried because we're not popular yet. But you all can change that. You all can. You all can change that subscribe by, by coming into it. Subscribe. Hit that notification bell. Hit the on switch. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, thank you guys for joining us. Thanks to everybody for the support and uh, ready up and stay safe out there. Make gaming friendly again, bitches. Okay, bye. <laughs> Oni chan. Oni chan. Oni -chan.